Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast, a place where you will feel encouraged by hearing God's stories from my friends that I share with you. Whether you're listening on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or needing a boost of encouragement after a full day, I want for you to feel seen by God, to be encouraged in your daily life, and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Hey friends, it's Ren, and if this is the first time you've joined us on the podcast, or if you've been listening for a while, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Last time we were together, you heard from Katherine Parks. Katherine shared about why vulnerability really does matter in our relationships. We talked on a practical level about how to point our hearts and friends' hearts to Jesus. If you haven't listened yet, check it out on your podcast app, or as always, you can find it on my website at renrobbins.com if that's easier for you. Y'all, we only have three more guests in this series. It has flown by. I hope each conversation has encouraged you with excellent strategies after our time of quarantine. Today's guest is Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. Dr. Sandra is a board-certified internal medicine physician and Christian author. She reached her breaking point of burnout a few years back when her two teenage children were toddlers. At that point, she started doing loads of scientific and biblical research on the subject of rest and how to integrate it as a daily lifestyle. She is sharing with us today, and I cannot wait. Dr. Sandra brought out something about rest and work that was just a light bulb moment for me. Here's what she said. We don't work to earn our rest. We are to work from our place of rest. Isn't that good? So here is my conversation with Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. Well, welcome to the podcast, Dr. Sandra. Hi, thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you. I told you just a minute ago, I'm super nervous because you were super duper smart. (laughs) Um, But I'm really excited for you to come on and talk to us about rest today. Yes, it'll be good. So don't don't be nervous. <laughs> so you are a medical doctor and you are a speaker and author. Um, the list goes on and on. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and kind of what your day-to-day looks like. I know it probably looks a lot different since the quarantine started um, in your profession, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, well, I'm an internal medicine physician, board certified and in practice for the past 20 years now. I have two boys that are teens, married to my husband for the past 20 years as well, and really have just you know gotten to this point in my life where I most of my day is spent now kind of more on the computer with everything that's going on. There's, you know, with telemedicine and, and different um, things like that, considering everything that's happened with the recent COVID situation. So, you know, for me, I, I, the whole burnout aspect of it, what brought me to the point of even writing anything about rest, occurred back when my kids were toddlers. So, you know, this has been something that has been going on for a long time. Now that they're, you know, one's 16 and the other one's 14, um, it started when they were like two and one. So it's, it's 
I totally understand kind of that mommy life when you get to that point where you feel like all of your energy is being poured out into your career and your kids, because that's when I think I found myself the most burned out, the most stressed out and in the need of rest the most. Okay. So take us back to that when your kids were younger and they were in that toddler stage when you were starting to feel the burnout, what led up to that? Well, you know, that's the thing. Um, it, it was one of, I've always wanted to be a doctor. I don't remember ever wanting to be anything else. And so that was the career I put all my time and energy in. That was, you know, where all my focus went. I had my checklist of what I wanted in life. And if I got that, then I would call myself successful. That included the, the career, the husband, the kids, the house, the car, and a check account where I didn't have to worry if I could pay the bills. And I was like, I got it. You know, I, I was at that moment with those two kids where I was looking at my life and I was like, God, you've given me everything I asked for. So why am I hating this life I'm living? Because it's like, this is the success I've been praying for. This is everything I've been working for. And it didn't feel successful at all. It felt exhausting. I felt unhappy. I felt, I, I felt like if this is as good as it gets, I don't even want to do this anymore. <laughs> I don't even want it anymore because this is nothing like I'd envisioned it being. And I remember on one particular day, I picked the kids up from, you know, it was a long day at work. I picked them up at, at daycare, like the last second before they start charging you extra and brought them home and set them in front of the TV. And I remember just laying out on the floor and I was like, you know, I can't do this anymore. I'm exhausted. Mind, body, spirit, every part of me is just exhausted. And I remember when I was laying there, it was just as if, it was as if God was speaking to my soul. This is the first time you've actually stopped in years. And I thought, you're right. <laughs> I'm a type A Enneagram 3 workaholic with no apology about it. You know, that's who I am. I like work. I don't have a problem. I have no work ethic issues whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I have a rest issue. I don't know how to rest. And I don't like rest. And that's where I was at when I got up off that floor. It's like, God, I don't, I don't like rest. I don't know what rest is. I don't like stopping, but something's got to change. Wow. So it was like God used, totally used that in your life at that point to just get your attention and say, okay, you are not resting. And so it had to be something like that, you know, where you're like, I, I can't do this anymore. So where do you go from there at that point? Well, when I got up off that floor, I felt like, okay, so let me take a vacation. That must be what rest is, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I had a very limited understanding of rest. It's like, I need to sleep more, and I hadn't taken any vacations for a while. So I was like, and I need a vacation. So I took a vacation with my family, a true vacation, not kind of where I'm on vacation, but I'm still working. Like, I took a full seven days just with the kids and the husband at a beach. And I felt a little bit better, but honestly, I felt still exhausted when I left there because the whole vacation trip, we did mini golf and we did the beach and, you know, it was just nonstop stuff, family stuff, nonstop fun. So, you know, we, we had a great time, but I was no more rested than when I left. I was just as tired mm -hmm. and I had a pile of work on my desk when I got back. So I was like, vacation didn't work. And then I started, you know, with, um, maybe I need to sleep more. So I started being very purposeful about getting eight to nine hours of sleep and I would wake up still exhausted. And I think that's when it dawned on me, this isn't just about some kind of once a couple of times a year thing that I can do to feel better. 
this isn't a lack of just needing more sleep or sleep de deficiency. There's something more that's tired, you know, I, and I think that's when I finally kind of hit me. I got to figure out what kind of tired I am because I'm not sleep deprived tired. There's something else in me that is exhausted and that's what needs to be fixed and filled back up. Wow. So did you do research? I know you're a medical doctor. So did you do research and see like what you needed, what areas? Because I know you talk about in your book, Sacred Rest, you talk about seven areas of rest. Did you start the research of that at that yes, point? That is when, when that started. That's when I started kind of researching and looking. And I felt like there had to be a spiritual part to it because I felt like like it was that moment on the floor. I felt like that moment was almost like a holy ground <laughs> moment for me. Mm. So I knew there had to be a spiritual component to it. And I've always had the sense that, that science and, and, and Bible-based truth have to be able to walk hand in hand. I just never could figure out how that would work because that's not what I'm taught. And that's not, you know, how medicine is really, how doctors are trained. But I've always felt that to be true. And so when I was looking at this, I wanted to, to find those two parts of it. I wanted the science and the research, and I wanted the biblical scriptural basis of what rest is. So I went to both places. I did deep research studies on rest, and there, honestly, there wasn't very much information. Um, physical, mental, and spiritual were pretty well documented. You know, those were ones that people had heard of, and they were pretty well documented. But I knew there had to be more than that because what I was feeling was more than that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when I started to kind of doing some deeper dives really with, with people, um, with my patients, because they were coming to me asking with the same issues. I'm tired all the time. And I'd ask questions and I compared their, their thoughts with mine. And, and that's where the extrapolation came of these other types of rest that came to the seven. And then, you know, once the seven were it was more than seven at one point it was 10 and then it was like well how do these relate and kind of pulling these pieces together to see which kind of fell out as the ones that were that i felt like lined up with scripture and lined up with the life of what i saw played out in scripture um and the science actually had some basis to support it Wow. So can you quickly go through those seven for us? I know we can read those in your book, but um, can you go through those for us? Yeah. In sacred rest, the seven are defined as physical, mental, and spiritual, emotional, social, sensory, and creative. Hmm. And coming up with all those, I, I, those make me want to like do a deep dive like you've, you've done. And it makes me want to grab your book and read each one of those, especially the creative and the sensory. Those are ones you don't really hear about a lot. Could you go and talk about those two a little bit more? Yeah. So most of us are fully aware that of the ability to become sensory overloaded. You know, you listen to, you have the radio on the TV on, you're looking at your iPhone or your computer and your laptop and, you know, the ongoing lights, the sounds, the smells, touch, all of these things are, are part of our senses that are used throughout the day, but we don't really pay attention to, are we allowing ourselves to have a time that that kind of goes, gets to a quiet place in our, in our lives? Are we appreciating silence? Are we taking time to make sure that we aren't in our gadgets all the time, that we're downgrading our sensory input? throughout the day and if and how it affects us when we don't you know we see it in little kids when you know they let's say they play a video game for too long or or a two-year-old at their birthday party 
after looking at all the toys and playing with all their friends and then you know they're screaming their head off and they're crying and they're you're like what's wrong and they're just sensory overloaded nothing's wrong they just had too much sensory input well us adults we get to the point where we don't you know have a temper tantrum we just get mean we just start getting <laughs> agitated and irritable and you know snap snapping at our family members or you know having these other symptoms that come out and i think that's the part of sensory rest that many of us aren't aware of how much our sensory uh, our um, external areas around us are affecting our senses and thus affecting how we respond to the world wow so tell us where you are now after that time of burnout uh, years ago and all your research and writing sacred rest um, how does your life look now with integrating these seven types of rest in your life Oh, it looks completely different <laughs> because, you know, I'm, I didn't change my personality. I'm still an Enneagram 3 workaholic type person. You know, that it didn't change who I was at my core, but it made my life so much better. You know, one of the types of rest you mentioned about um, was creative rest. Well, that was a huge thing for me that I hadn't even, I didn't even know existed. Most people don't even know exist mm -hmm. because it's not something that's discussed. So for me, um, most of my, I didn't consider myself a creative because I wasn't an artist or musician or something like that, but creative, um, creative rest is really required by anybody who has to be innovative. So if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, if you're a parent who's homeschooling two kids, one who's a visual learner, one who's an auditory learner, or a teacher who's dealing with that. If you are a doctor and you're having to think how to explain things to patients who some have a PhD and some barely, you know, got out of grade school, you have all of these ways that you're having to be innovative and think outside of the box and that pulls on your creativity. And because of that, many of us stay in a level of creative rest deficit. And by doing so, it keeps us in a place where we don't enjoy our lives as much as we could. Creative rest is the rest we receive when we allow ourselves to uh, be awakened and inspired and really to be filled back up by appreciating the beauty around us. So that could be natural beauty, like um, so many people experience this when they go to the beach or around bodies of water. They don't understand what's happening. They just know they feel better. That's an example of creative rest. Some get it out in the, ocean, uh, out in the mountains. Some get it when they're out in the woods or hiking around greenery. Uh, some get it in art museums, so it could be man-made beauty or, or God, natural beauty. So there's so many ways of doing that. And so for me, I, I take vacations, but that's not where I get my rest. I live a well-rested life now. I'm fully aware of kind of when I get depleted. When I start feeling tired, my very first question is, what kind of tired am I? Am I emotionally tired? Do I need to go find a girlfriend that I can take my mask off and not be the professional Dr. Dalton Smith? And just be Sandra who's having a hard day and just let it, let it out and tell her exactly how I'm feeling. You know, do I need some social rest where I can need to be around someone who doesn't want anything from me, but who just wants to pour back into me? Someone who's life giving, who fills me back up without asking for anything in return. You know, do I need spiritual rest? Do I need the time to just get in God's presence without my prayer checklist, without asking for any specific directions or guidance, but just being present with the lover of my soul in the moment. You know, that's what I'm spending my time doing now, and it's changed everything. So I'm, I'm just as busy as I've always been, 
and have never felt more free and more happy and more energized in my entire life. Wow. That's huge. And I think that's where a lot of us, uh, moms or women are, are at right now, even after the quarantine, even though we've been home, we talked about that earlier that even though we've been home, we don't feel rested by any means. And so what would you tell a woman that is dealing with that right now? And she doesn't feel rested, but she knows that that's the way God has intended us to, to rest. So tell us what's, what are some practical ways that we can rest as women and with our families? Well, I think the very first thing you have to do is really find at, is answer that question. What kind of tired are you? Um, mm -hmm. That's where the whole rest quiz came from. Uh, Restquiz.com is the free assessment that I have for people to be able to take the quiz and determine whether, you know, determine which of the seven types of rest they're most efficient in. I think you have to start there. Because otherwise you start having this feeling like, oh my goodness, she's got seven things I've got to do and I'm already tired. So, <laughs> yeah. so you've got to have to be able to see that oh, you don't really need to work on all seven. You're probably already excelling at some of these naturally. Okay. Okay. But there's one or two that are just staying depleted, usually because you're not aware of it or you're, you're not really cognitive that it's an area that's being depleted. And so that's why everybody start. And then based on what those results show, determine what, what type of restorative activities are going to make you feel more rested. Because that's really what rest is. Rest is about restoration. So you're restoring those places in your life where you're pouring out the most. Because if you don't restore it, it just gets to a place of depletion. And it's that depletion that you feel in that area that makes you feel tired and drained. So if you're having, let's say, if your, if your area of depletion is physical rest, your body stays tight and tense, your immune system's shot, you're getting sick when everybody else is well, you know, you're, you're um, ache, you have lots of aches and pains and headaches that go along with just containing your stress in your body, then for you, it could be something as simple as thinking about doing leisure walks, you know, not necessarily trying to click off your Fitbit, you know, 10,000 steps, but let me just go for a leisure walk just to get my circulation and my lymphatics moving around. I'm not going to worry about how fast I go. I'm just going to move my body and just let my body kind of start relaxing some from that movement or doing some light stretching or even self-massage, just whatever's needed to kind of help that body relax and get back to a healthy state. Um, or it could be, let's say if your area that you're deficient is, is in sensory rest. I'm going to turn off the radio on the drive home. I love praise music, but sometimes you just need silence. Many of us have gotten away from silence, and silence is extraordinarily therapeutic for someone who has sensory overload. Just having that time where there's not all of these inputs coming into you. Turn off the TV if no one's watching it, or turn off the radio or whatever. Um, making sure that you have some time when you're not on your gadget. Turning off the notifications on your phone. A lot of the science has shown that many people are staying in a, in a kind of a low-level fight-or-flight cortisol response because every time their phone buzzes, they kind of jump just, you know, and it's like, oh, somebody needs me. And it's not that somebody needs you. It's just another email that came through, you know, or it's just a, someone letting you know they had a latte at Starbucks on Instagram. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Wow. And I've been, I, I've kind of been a, starting to be more aware of that, of the blue light that comes off of a phone or an iPad or a computer screen and all the things. Um, and yeah, I, that's so interesting to me. Um, I'm reading a book uh, called How to Break Up with Your Phone. And mm. it's about, you know, putting the phone down. Just started. I'm done on day two of the 
uh, not necessarily detox, but it's kind of to be more aware of how long we're spending on our phones. And it is eye opening. It's amazing. But I want to go back to what you said about your rest quiz. I started taking it the other day. I need to finish it, but um, it's really good and very in depth. And I really Mm -hmm. like that. I can really appreciate that. And I remember growing up, my pastor always said, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is go to sleep and go and go to bed, you know, cause we're all, you know, doing that. And even if we are in quarantine, we're not going out maybe, but we're, you know, connecting with people online, which is not a bad thing, but you know, when it's taking over, maybe taking over that time of that we're supposed to be resting, then that is when it's a bad thing. Okay. Well, this was so eye opening. So good. So good. So Dr. Sandra, I love your quote from your book, sacred rest. And you say it takes a mountain moving, prayer circling, water walking mentality to determine the best thing you can do is sit and do nothing. And I think this is such a struggle. Tell me a little bit about what you meant when you said that. Well, for myself, I, I am not a natural rester. That is not, that is not what I do. And in not doing anything for the longest of time, felt somewhere in between punishment, like like I was being punished and was being told to go sit in the corner versus laziness. So there was like this balance in my head of if I'm sitting and doing nothing, then I'm nothing or what I'm offering is worth nothing. There was just so much going on with that when, when I, um, whenever I thought about stopping activity that it really took it took a mountain moving prayer circling water walking type mentality to get to that point where it's where I could align my my belief system with what I knew rest to be because it, it was more than just kind of oh I need to I need to do more rest it's like I've got to change what I believe about rest <laughs> you know just like we have to kind of change what we believe about who God is in our lives and what he's capable of and how he can use us. That's kind of what I had to do with rest to some degree, because I, it was, I had already kind of chalked it up to be this thing that it wasn't. And so all of that had to be kind of ripped down and rebuilt. And, and it took time. It took one of those where you're, you're having to kind of continually be in this place where it's like, I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm willing to give it a try. Mm. You know, I don't know if stepping out of this boat on the water is going to work, but I'm willing to give it a try. And I had to get there with rest. It's like, I don't know if, if you know, jotting down my, my, all of this stuff in my head before I go to bed is going to help me sleep any better, but I'm willing to give it a try. It's like, I'm willing to take those first steps of faith to see if it can help. And it's, and God was very faithful in that whole rest journey because it was one of those things where to get to that understanding that I needed to see rest in a different way before I could actually start having the healing I needed from, from the over exhaustion and work and all that I was pouring into. Wow. I like when you said that we, if we don't have the right view of God, you know, I've, I've been hearing that lately about if we don't have the right view of God, then nothing in our lives are going to be right. And like you said about the right view of rest and what that really means. I'm reading a book called the good and beautiful God. And the, it talks about that. But then the second I'm in the second chapter and it is, teaching spiritual disciplines. And one of those is rest. And the challenge is to sit still for five minutes every day. 
That is the hardest thing. <laughs> that's, that's, you know what, that's what spiritual rest, really, that's what I like to have people, that's one of the things I like for them to start thinking about with spiritual rest is mm. just to spend five minutes with God in solitude, basically, because you're not with anybody else, you're just with him, mm -hmm. uh, with no agenda and no prayer list. Yes. You're, you're, you're just in presence mode. When I say listen, but it's not like listening, like, okay, God, tell me something. Right. It's like my heart is against his chest. I just want to hear mm. that he's present. And that's hard for people because we're used to being like, okay, God, I'm going to listen for a direction. I'm okay. going to listen for guidance. or I'm okay. going to listen for you to speak something into me. Can I just listen to your heart and know that you're here with me? Mm. A whole different mindset. And I think many people for spiritual rest have to understand that when you are able to do that, there's a freedom in rest that is, you know, in the book, I talk about at the end, the 12 gifts of rest and freedom's one of them. That is the freedom of rest because you then get an, a clear understanding that every blessing doesn't have to come by the work of your own hand. I think many of us kind of work, act like that. Like I've got to work for every blessing. Yes, God does it, but I have to work for every blessing. And I, I can honestly say some of the biggest blessings in my life I didn't lift a finger. They came while mm. I was laying on his chest. Mm. I would literally come out of a moment of spiritual rest and go check my email and there would be this amazing opportunity. And I'm like, wow. Mm. <laughs> you know? It's wow. like, and, and, um, and when I was writing the book, I had this time that I felt like God kept me in Genesis for a very, very long time. It's like over a year that I stayed in the book of Genesis and I could not make any sense of why I was in this book for so long. Cause Genesis, I mean, this sounds horrible as a Christian, but it was boring. It's not <laughs> one of those books you want to keep, you know, give me Ephesians, something where I like really uh, like, but uh -huh. it's like, uh, this is not the book you want to be in for a year. And I was like, mm. why am I in this book for so long? And I really got to a point where I went, I was like, I, there's something I apparently am not getting. So I went back to the chapter on the creation story where rest is first introduced. And something that stood out to me was that in the beginning, you know, man was created on the sixth day, on the seventh day, God rested. We, and then, you know, from there in chapter two is when we hear about man doing the work. So it finally dawned on me that, you know, on that sixth day when man was created, we hear about God basically commissioning and telling him who he was and subdue the earth, multiply, all of the, the kind of speaking into their identity. And then on the seventh day was the day of rest. And it never dawned on me, what was man doing on that seventh day? Because work doesn't start till the second chapter. You don't hear anything about the actual work being done until the next chapter. Yeah. And I thought, God, if we, you know, it's almost like Holy Spirit finally awoken this to me. We have gotten it so backwards in our society that we think we have to work before we and earn our rest. Where in scripture, what it shows is that we're created, we're spoken into, we're told our identity, but before we even walk into that identity, we are to spend a time in that place of rest with God. Mm -hmm. And from that place of rest is where our work pours out of. It's where that comes from. So we don't work to earn our rest. We're to work from our place of rest. And honestly, that changed my whole life. <laughs> that changed everything in my life. Because then I no longer saw this sitting and doing nothing, this being still and knowing as like this punishment, like I'd always said, like I'm being told to sit in the corner and do nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you really want to do what I've said you can do, 
If you really want to know who you are, if you really want to get an understanding of your identity and what you're commissioned on this earth to do, then it has to originate with the rest. Mm, that is huge. That is huge. My, I mean, light bulbs are going off for me. You work from a place from rest, not mm -hmm. to, uh, that's so good. So good. Okay. I could talk to you all, all day <laughs> about this. I'm really good. <laughs> Tell us where we can find you and also your book. It is on Audible. Um, it, it's in a ebook, um, audiobook, paperback, and hardcover version. So okay. whichever version you like, it is available, and it's available at all major bookstores. You're able to purchase it at. My main website is at ichoosemybestlife.com, and you can click on the picture of the book on there, and it'll let, it'll take you to all the different locations where it could be purchased. Wonderful. And where are you on Instagram? Um, Instagram, Twitter, and all of the social media, it's under uh, Dr. Dalton Smith, so just Dr. Dalton Smith. Okay, good deal. Before we end, I, I want to ask you, what is the one thing you would tell women today that are wanting to rest, that are wanting to do that? What is the one thing you would leave them with today? The one thing is to, to stop looking at rest as just sleep or the cessation of activity. Because when you just look at it in, for, from those two standpoints, you really miss the purpose of rest. The purpose of rest is to restore. So rest at its core function is a restorative activity. And the way you can recognize if something you've done was restful is that you'll leave that moment feeling better in one of those seven areas. You're either physically feeling better, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, socially, sensory, or creatively feeling better when you leave that moment. That's when you can say, okay, I rested in that area. Wow. That's so good. I love that. And what is rest looking like for you now compared back to when your kids were toddlers and now what does it look like? Is there a day where social media or phone is put away? Is there a day where you don't take clients? How does that work for you? I, I do what I call a restful lifestyle. So I don't, I have a day that I set aside. I have a Sabbath that I, that I keep, but I don't depend on just that for my rest, to be honest with you. I like to have daily rest because I feel like to me, really to me, rest is the bridge between my day and my sleep. So I like to be able to, when I'm ready to go to bed, my husband always says, the second your head hit the pillow, you're out like a light. <laughs> and I feel like it's because I don't get in the bed and then try to wind down. It's mm. like I'm, I'm keeping my body in a very calm and peaceful state all day long so that mm. when I hit the bed, my body's like, okay, that's what we do. We go, we go to wow. sleep and that's it awesome. just goes directly into sleep. So that something that, that I would highly recommend people do is just rather than try to push through the discomfort and the stress, which is what most of us do, to stop in the moment and do something restful right then. For instance, you're sitting at your computer working, you feel your neck and your shoulders start to tense up. What do most of us do? We ignore it and we just keep going. And it, they just get tighter and more tense. When you, if you stop for five minutes at a self-massage, do a few shoulder shrugs, do the neck rolls, whatever you got to do to get it loosened back up, then you won't have the stress and strain of that compiling and you actually will feel better and probably do better work. Or if you start feeling your, your motivation start to flux because now you're, you, you know, you're bored of doing whatever the activity is you're doing, take a moment to hop up, go outside, go walk and talk to, you know, go talk, have a chat with your husband or your kids. Do something that's going to help you get back to a good place rather than always feeling like you have to work off of your deficiency. 
we shouldn't always be kind of pouring out from our overwhelm, from our fatigue. There should be times in our life when we get filled up and we're pouring out from our, our, our best place of ourselves. And that's, I think that's really the goal, to, to find that balance where you're not trying to balance work and life, but you're trying to balance how much rest you need with how much you're pouring out in all of these different areas. I think this is just so good. It's so intriguing and so interesting. And so I can't wait to put that uh, quiz that you have in the show notes so we can go and take the quiz, get your book, and just to really be more aware of the seven types of rest in our life. At the end of each episode, I ask my guests my eat, read, love questions. And so I love to eat. (laughs) So I want to know, what are you eating, reading, and loving? Eating lately, we've been eating a lot more Mexican. My family has been real. I think because with the quarantine, we haven't been able to go to our favorite Mexican restaurant. Uh-huh, yeah. So they're like, "Mom, can you make quesadillas?" I'm like, oh, "I'm sure I could figure it." Out. <laughs> yeah. So we've been eating a lot more Mexican. Reading, I read a lot online now. So um, I hadn't done that for a while. I've been spending past three years more in books, and right now I'm actually enjoying blog posts. Um, looking at different, because I had stopped doing that altogether. I know blogging was a really big thing, you know, a while back. And I'm finding it really interesting kind of reading these smaller chunks of people's lives. Mm. I connect, I've connected with a lot of different people through things like this. And, um, and it's just been really interesting being able to kind of get small chunks of where they're at and what they're doing in their lives. I think I missed that connection, um, particularly because right now we can't be around people as much as we're used to. So I'm enjoying having that little kind of glimpse into what's going on in their day without having to kind of just get it on social media with a, you know, three sentence post. I can get a little bit deeper dive into what's happening in their life. And then what I'm loving, I, my husband got me started with this. It's, um, it's called, it's monthly challenges, basically. So like this month, what I'm doing is for every day of the, the month, like on the first, I do one a flight of stairs, and now I'm on day 23, so I do 23 flights of stairs in my house. Oh, when I wow. get to day 30, I'll do 30 flights of stairs in my house. Oh, and my so word. He did it with miles. Like day one, he did one mile. Day 30, he'd work up to 30 miles. Wow. And so, so I'm really enjoying that because it, it helps me stay motivated with my physical activity, and then it, it ebbs and flows. So like, so now my body is like aching most of the day because <laughs> I'm doing stairs and then I have a whole wow. upper body thing that I'm doing. So, but wow. then it will be back to one and I'll, we'll start with something different. So I, I just so love the way of it, the way it flows because it gives you that healing. It's almost, it gives you that work and rest balance. I think that. Yeah. One. Wow. I really appreciate you, Dr. Sandra, sharing today and giving us enlightenment in this area. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure. Oh my goodness. I love speaking with Dr. Sandra so much about the subject of rest. I know it's something that we might really struggle with. I know I do. And so I am going to put the rest quiz in my show notes that you can find so we can all take the quiz and see which area of rest we struggle with. So that's going to do it for today. I'm going to be speaking with Jessica Hoddle next week, talking about physical and spiritual health. And I hope to see you then. 
And until then, remember, we're all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friend.